Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talks podcast. I'm Connor Beaton, the host and founder of Man Talks. This podcast brings together the best thought leaders, teachers, and extraordinary individuals to help teach and mentor you on how to be a top performer in life, love, and business. The mission of Man Talks is to help develop self-aware, high-performing, and impactful men in the world, the type of men you want to be, and the type of men you want to be around. Now, on today's podcast, I have a unique guest who, I when I started this podcast, I didn't I didn't normally think that this would be the type of person that I would bring on, but I was shocked because this gentleman by the name of Mastin Kip has brought some serious, straight freaking fire on this interview. I am blown away by this by this guy's just ability to lay out what purpose is in life, by his ability to just bring honest, confronting, straight up, sweet, sweet truth. Um, it, I was just, I'm, I'm blown away by this interview. Uh, so if you don't know who Mastin Kip is, he is the number one best-selling author, speaker, and life uh, interventionist. That's, that's his word, interventionist, for people who are seeking rapid transformation in their lives. He's been featured on the Emmy Awards show, Super Soul Sunday, and recognized as a thought leader for the next generation by Oprah Winfrey. He's got a ton of accreditations. He's done an incredible amount of work, um, and he has worked with over 2 million people in over 100 countries worldwide through his workshops. He's got an incredibly huge following, and we are honored to have him on the podcast here today. Um, And Mastin really talks about, you know, he's got a new book out called Claiming Your Power, but what we really dive into is defining your purpose is understanding what purpose actually means in life and how to not only achieve it, but live it. We talk about some of the hurdles that you're going to face on the path to achieving your purpose. And we talk about some of the results that you can expect on the other side once you have attained a much deeper sense of purpose. We also dive into masculinity and we talk, we talk about some of the challenges that a lot of modern men are facing and the impact that it has on the women in their lives because Mastin works a lot with women in his workshop. So without any further ado, I would love, love, love to introduce Mr. Mastin Kip. Hey, Connor. I'm happy to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked. Likewise, likewise. I've been following your journey and your work for a long time. We actually have pretty similar backgrounds, um, except I wasn't in the uh, in the Hollywood space. I was a <laughs> classical singer. And so we were just on different sides of the music spectrum. And so amazing. it's been, been amazing to watch your journey. Um, but we're going to start off today like we always start off because I guess love this question, which is tell us a story about a defining moment in your life that made you who you are today. Sure. Um, I think the thing that comes to mind, um, uh, especially for this podcast, you know, when you, when you think about being an entrepreneur um, and impacting people, right? So we, if you graduate beyond, I want to prove the haters wrong, right? And you start focusing on impact. Um, that's a big leap to make. But there is a, a, I think everybody has a sense of a, what should, should we put this like a imposter syndrome, like, like who am I to do this? Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember like when I started you know, coaching and say, decided that I'm going to be a coach um, and a functional life coach and really add value to people's lives beyond just, you know, writing about it. Um, there was huge imposter syndrome that came up for me around who am I to do this? Can I do this? Um, yada, yada, yada. And I remember our very first retreat that we ever led in Maui, uh, it was Enter the Heart Retreat, and it must have been 2012. Um, and I remember, like, 
the closing circle to that retreat. And I remember like looking in the eyes of the 20 people that were there and seeing a physical transformation in their body. They really got that what we were teaching was real for them. Um, and there was one gentleman there who was uh, a gay man and um, he was uh, sort of estranged from his father. And a couple of days later, after this retreat, he posted a picture in the, in the group's Facebook group um, that it was a picture with him and his dad who had been reunited after a long period of time. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God, like who cares about you? Speaking to me, talking to myself, who cares about you? Who cares about your following? Who cares about how much money you're making? Who cares about your open rates? Like who cares? Like this is what's most important. Like look at what you helped create. Like this is what it's all about. And so in that moment, I wasn't full of ego. Like I'm so great because I believe that something passes through us. Um, but it's not us, but I do know that like in that moment I was like, okay, we're graduating here from, you know, self-focus and focusing on my metrics and open rates and all jazz to like, this is what life is really about. And like, if you can do it once, you can do it again. And I think that, um, I became like positively addicted to helping create those moments and experiences for people where they can like get to a place of a breakthrough of a healing of a forgiveness of a next level, um, in moments or relationships uh, that matter most to them. And so um, seeing a, a, a gay man do a retreat, uh, work with us, and then you know, reconcile with his father a few days later uh, was just such an incredible experience uh, because you know that could have never happened if I hadn't put myself out there, if I hadn't started a business, if I hadn't had the insane audacity to do all that, um, that impact could not have been made. And it was really the first time where I really got that this is about something besides just me, if that makes mm. any sense. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense, man. I, I think that, you know, that imposter syndrome that you talked about seems to be pretty prevalent in our society. I, I hear a lot of up and coming, you know, especially like the millennials, even though I'm, you know, labels kind of, eh. but I, I hear a lot of people talk about the imposter syndrome. Do you feel like that's a big part of a, uh, a block that stops people from actually tuning in to their, to their deeper purpose in life? I mean, it definitely, uh, slows the process down but there's usually two reasons why someone has imposter syndrome like if i were going to go into a hospital today and pretend to be a doctor and perform open heart surgery like i would have no business doing that okay <laughs> like i should feel like an imposter right yeah so like if you're being a jerk and you're saying that you're not if you're you're making claims that you can't back up or have the proper education then like on a certain level it's warranted if that makes any sense mm. and at the same time um, it's also complete BS because especially like in the coaching space, you know, when you look at mentorship or coaches, um, you know, if you borrow from like the 12 step, uh, philosophy, if you're on step one, you're ahead of the person who has not taken step one and you can help the people who've not taken that first step. So when you're in service mindset about like, how can I really help people or add value? Like you can always help the people who are not further along than you are. Um, and so I think that on the one hand, uh, you may have an imposter syndrome because of an integrity thing where you're like, I need more education, but you know, unless you're, you know, going to be a heart surgeon or, you know, a rocket scientist, it's usually just like, I'm afraid to put myself out there. And if that's the case, then we got to call BS on that fear and say, get over yourself, dude, like prove the haters wrong. Um, and then, you know, help people because you, there are people who you can help right here, right now, regardless of how you feel about yourself. Mm. Yeah, I kind of want to touch on the haters there because you make a really good point about, I, I feel like a big part of it is oftentimes 
we stunt ourselves because of what we're worried other people will say, or we've put ourselves out there just a little bit. And, you know, there's a bunch of great comments and then there's one or two people that For are sure. sort of dissonant. So, you know, in, in your line of work, how have you dealt with the people who are the haters? Um, forgive and delete. I used to argue with them. Um, <laughs> I love that. Forgive and delete. Yeah. I, I used to argue with them. Um, so what I do now is it depends on, it depends on how intense it is. Um, but if someone's just kind of like the other day, like someone commented, uh, on my, on my Facebook page that when they were just like, you're always giving out this advice. What's up with that? I'm like, well, it, it's what I do. <laughs> it's like what I do. Uh, cool. Um, now if someone's just full of vitriol, I'll usually just delete it. If someone is coming at me with a little bit of negative energy because I'm a coach, I usually just ask questions like, well, what do you mean by that? And I try to get them to go deeper. And sometimes, you know, maybe even 70% of the time I can turn someone around and say, oh, I never thought of it that way. But I don't do it by telling it because too much, there's too much broadcasting happening online today where if someone disagrees with you, you have to like kill them essentially. For me, I just keep asking why, um, which is no different than when I was seven years old, right? This, why do you think that? Well, what does that mean? Tell me more about that. And when you go down deep enough, you kind of start to see that like there's a lot of things that we have in common here. And sometimes people can come to their own conclusions. Um, and so that's, that's typically how I deal with it. I remember when my first book was coming out, I was a manager in the music business before my book came out. And my artists would always focus on the negative reviews, even if there was thousands of positive reviews of their album. So I knew this was going to happen for me. And I asked my publisher, Reed Tracy, who's the CEO of Hay House. And I said, Reed, like, what do I do with the one-star reviews on Amazon? You know? And he goes, expect them. And I was like, all right. And then he said, Mastin, the Bible has one-star reviews. You know, and I was like, okay, well, if the Bible has one-star reviews, like, I'm good, you know. Um, and he just said, it's going to happen. So you have to anticipate that there's going to be people who are naysayers. Um, and ultimately, you know, what we latch on to that is because typically, um, you know, our, either consciously or unconsciously, our, our family of origin, mother, father, or whoever, uh, had a level of criticism towards us. And when someone's critical towards us, it sort of reminds us of that familiar feeling of criticism um, from the family of origin. And we tend to unconsciously seek that stuff out until we resolve it, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the deeper purpose of like why they show up. Um, you know, if I very rarely do I get triggered by a hater these days. Back in the day when I was getting triggered a lot, it was work for me to kind of like work on my own confidence. And I think that, you know, early days of entrepreneurship, especially, but in life in general, uh, you really got to focus on protecting your confidence for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit here into, into purpose. Cause one of the things that I love about what you talk about, you know, what you teach, preach and live is really around purpose. And I think that for, you know, our audience is a lot of men, and that is a huge uh, motivating, driving, and yes. fulfilling piece of our, of our life. Do you think that there's a, a difference or how does it show up in, in your perspective? Do you think that there's a difference in the importance of purpose between men and women? Or is it something that's inherently um, meaningful to both of us? Sure. So I think uh, purpose is a human thing. Like everything has to have a purpose. And um, if, you know, the, the side effects of not having a purpose are like overwhelm, stress, uh, information overload, buying a bunch of online courses and never logging in, um, you know, following people on Instagram and believing that you're doing the thing that they're doing, but you're related to their job. Like these are some, like, not knowing to focus on consistently consuming information, even personal development information, but not acting on it. Like, you know, if you find yourself, uh, you know, caught up in the political cycles and the administration, whatever side you're on, um, and you're really triggered by it, like you don't know what your purpose is. So like, 
all of those things are sort of byproducts of not knowing your purpose. And also, if you're not growing financially, romantically, spiritually, emotionally, professionally, you also probably don't know what your purpose is. So not knowing your purpose is like the root cause of most problems in our life today. Um, if the Republicans knew their purpose, it would be a much different conversation. If the Democrats knew their purpose, it'd be a much different conversation. If your boss knew his purpose or her purpose, it'd be probably a different conversation. If you knew your purpose, you probably wouldn't be in that job. (laughs) (laughs) You probably wouldn't be in the business that you're in the way you're doing it. Mm. So um, if there's chronic stress or chronic uh, depression, um, you know, besides going and getting your brain scanned and, you know, making sure that you're you're good with the mental health side and that your gut's working, you know, the best antidepressant is your purpose. A lot of people who think they have ADD don't have ADD. They're just doing a bunch of boring stuff that they don't have any interest in. And it's like, I have to sit here and focus on sort of menial tasks. So purpose is like the one thing that makes everything better. And it's not a magic pill, but it does give you focus and it gives you a sense of priority and it gives you a sense of what's most important. And also there's a sense of contribution uh, to something larger than yourself. And when you're focused on your purpose and bringing it forward, you know, cool things happen. Financial abundance, it tends to follow. Um, A romantic relationship tends to follow. Um, You know, the things that you want tend to follow your purpose because that's the one thing that brings else to light. Now, purpose is also a word that is so overused that there's no common definition for this term. When I speak in front of an audience of a, you know, two or 3,000 people, I ask, guys, what does purpose mean to you? I get so many different answers, whether it's you know, contributing to others or it's my mission or it's why I was born or all these things, but there's no common consensus. And if I was going to ask you guys, well, what's the sun? We could all agree on what the sun is. So there's a lot of confusion here. And ultimately, what purpose is, as far as I can tell, is a very simple concept but do not confuse simple with easy. They're two completely different things. A lot of people will say, so much easier said than done. It's like, never tell me that. Like, never ever say it's so much easier said than done. That has no purpose other than to keep you stuck. So purpose ultimately has to be explained with one little um, piece of information to give it context. You set a goal, whether it's to get six-pack abs, to raise your testosterone, have great sex, uh, to make more money, to get a girl, like whatever it is that your purpose, you know, whatever it is, or whatever is the goal that you're going for, you set that goal because you think there's going to be an emotional payoff. You're going to feel free. You're going to feel like the man. You're going to feel empowered. You're going to feel whatever the emotion is. And typically, when you're talking with men, emotion is not a common conversation to have because we don't talk about feelings. So you ask most guys how they're doing. They go, good. Like that's about it, right? Um, however, if we understand that we set goals to hit emotional targets of freedom or love or expansion or excitement or whatever it is for each person's in unique, then we can start to understand like, holy cow, no wonder I sold my company for a billion dollars. I'm still unfulfilled or no wonder I got the girl and I still hate myself or no wonder whatever the issue is. And so if I can start to understand that I'm trying to hit emotional targets then it changes the game and I have to start going from trying to consume emotions from the world or being in emotional debt to being emotionally wealthy where I'm actually adding value to the world. And this is something that you see talked around in books like Tribe Leadership or like a lot of the Tony Shape, the Tony Shape book, Delivering Happiness, Delivering Happiness, Delivering an Emotion, right? Like it, the, the title is generative in nature. So, you know, if you can produce great emotions in your romantic relationship, you're going to have a kick-ass relationship. If you can produce, you know, awesome emotions in your uh, health and well-being, you're going to have a rock, uh, an awesome body. Um, if you can produce great emotions with your team, you're going to have a successful uh, company. If you can produce great emotions in your customers, you're going to have a thriving business. So life is an emotional game. And like even in the last election, 
that was one through emotion. So like, and you, there's like the OJ Simpson trial was an emotional trial. So like, there's lots of evidence of this, but for whatever reason, um, we haven't quite codified it yet. So the way that I define purpose is very simple. It's an emotion that you generate within yourself and then you share it with others in the form of service. It's pretty much that's what it is. But most people have it backwards. Most people say, my purpose is something outside that makes me feel better, <laughs> essentially. And it's, it's a bad formula because if I think my purpose is my child and God forbid I lose my child, well, I have no purpose. Or if I think my purpose is my business and I lose my business, well, then I have no purpose. Or if I think my purpose is my relationship, and I lose my relationship, well, then I have no purpose. And when you think that you have no purpose and you're convinced of this, that is when things get really dark. Mm -hmm. And so if you can know that purpose is something that you bring forward and it's not something that you consume, then when something goes wrong or falls apart, you haven't lost purpose. Now, it might be a tragedy. It might be awful. It might be one of the worst things that you go through, but it's not going to be the worst thing you go through because on some level, you're still going to know that you have a sense of purpose. And this is true for men and for women. So what I help people do is get really crystal clear on, well, how do you want to feel? Why do you want to feel that way? And most importantly, what's blocking you from that next level? Because I don't care if you're a billionaire or if you're just getting started, everybody has internal blocks that are preventing them from the next level. At the time that we're recording this, you know, one of the big news articles right now has been, you know, Travis with Uber, like he hit an emotional block for mm -hmm. sure. And there's a lot going on in his life right now, you know, from his mother passing away, there's so much going on, but that's an internal game. It's an internal mechanism that's causing the problems right now that have big time real world consequences financially. So this is not some like airy fairy woo woo idea. Like it has hardcore, um, uh, sort of, um, how should I put this? Like results in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. It's very tangible. I think there's a, I mean, man, that was, first off, that was epic. And that, that was some great info. I think one of the big things that like really stuck out for me was the concept that you talked about, about consuming emotions externally versus producing emotions internally. Can you, can you hone in on that just a little bit and maybe unpack? Because I feel like consuming emotions externally is a big piece that often leads, especially a lot of men when they're you know, when they're trying to ignore their internal emotional state, it leads <laughs> oh, yeah. them down this path of, you know, trying to drink, snort, smoke, and fuck away the pain. Been so, yep. um, yeah, same. So can yeah. you unpack that a little bit for us? Sure. So first of all, I want, uh, especially the guys listening to know something like I love the rock. I weight train every fucking day. Like I care about boosting my testosterone. I say the word fuck a hundred times in my seminar. <laughs> I'm a dude. Okay. And I'm a wise guy. Like, I'm a smart guy. I've seen this happen so many times. So we also have to start to redefine what masculine looks like and what masculine is. Because if I can speak frankly, yeah. what's happened is that we have pussied out ourselves. Like, we have become, like, these, like, just shells of masculine bodies, essentially. And we don't sit there and hold space for our girls. We take it fucking personal. We don't actually rip off the Band-Aid and go add value. Like, we don't make our own, our own mind. We take everything that is, happens externally personally. And, like, there, and we think that masculine power is, like, kind of this, like, macho bullying thing where I have to have all this bravado. But, like, let's be real. The most macho dude in the gym who makes the most noise is the most insecure guy in there. He is the biggest wet noodle in the gym, no matter how big his muscles are, okay? So let me just be clear about that, okay? So 
as part of like manning up, part of manning up is admitting that you have emotions. In fact, what I've learned in working with, you know, all the people I've worked with, thousands of people, is that guys are actually more sensitive than women in a lot of ways. <laughs> we just, mm. we just kind of like, oh, I'm good. You know, we kind of like put it down. But we have, we are tremendously sensitive. And ultimately, we want to know one thing. Did I do a good job? That's the number one thing that we know. Did I do good? If, 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 if me did good, then everything's cool, right? And if I can feel free and like I did a good job, my life is on fire, right? So part of doing good is doing the work on yourself, which makes you a better man, which makes you a better husband or better entrepreneur or better everything, is to have some understanding about your emotional world. Now, this isn't like you have to like come out and like cry and, you know, uh, you know kind of like snot all over people and you have to have this like wet noodle approach. That's not what I'm talking about. But you got to just like, you know, we're like talking about biohacking the body. It's, you know, Dave Asprey wrote the forward to claim your power, right? Like I'm, I'm a big believer in like biohacking the brain and understanding the gut and the microbiome and how to maximize stuff. Well, part of that is we store emotions in the body and our emotional intelligence or lack thereof and our emotional fitness and lack thereof ultimately determines how far we go. So you got to get really crystal clear on first admitting that you have emotions <laughs> and second being willing to feel them right? It's like you can go to the gym and rip apart your biceps, but you can't feel sadness. Like, come on, dude, man up. Like, come on, seriously. So it's like, stop being a pussy and man up to feel your feelings. You're not going to have to like be a wet noodle, but then start to recognize like, why am I feeling this way? Actually, my emotions are a guidance system, just like pain. If I have a pain in my foot, I may need to want to look down and notice if there's a nail in it or not. And if there's a nail in it, I don't have to cry about it all day. I just take care of business. And the same thing can be true with my emotional body. If I'm feeling a negative emotion, that's a call for awareness that something's off. And typically, it means you're off your purpose. And here's the thing. One of the reasons why a lot of guys get to be there in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and they've never married is not because they're broken or something's wrong with them or not emotionally available. They don't feel like they've been able to provide enough for a partner. And one of the reasons why they're not able to provide is because they don't know what their purpose is. So it's like purpose is the nucleus, and that means they're not in emotional rapport with themselves. So we have to redefine masculinity as something that is strong, something that is um, you know, present, and something that has emotional intelligence and emotional fitness to be able to handle the beautiful emotional states of the women or you know, whoever, the feminine partner that we may be in a relationship with, and not take it personal, and to be a safe space for her. Because if you're taking her emotions personally, then you're the feminine partner in your relationship essentially and you can't do that because then she has to like wall up and then your sex life's never going to happen so it's like this whole idea of like emotional fitness and emotional maturity is sort of really redefining what masculine is for today's day and age and like there are so many emasculated men walking around today like just like basically just taking shit from the world it's like dude you need to fucking man up and part of that is we got to get really crystal clear on how you want to feel and stop trying to get that from an external source and start recognizing like, you know what? Like I do need to lift weights. I do need to like listen to hard rock or heavy metal or rap and say f- bad fucking words. I can't always just <laughs> like can't just say yes to you the whole fucking time. I got to let this beast out, but in a productive way, I got to rip open a, a business and make some shit happen. Like that is really important to understand. And so, but the nucleus of this has to become uh, your purpose. Otherwise, you're just going to be bouncing around, um, you know, and without knowing really what your priorities are. And the nucleus of your purpose, of course, is your emotional state. 
Mm, I love it. I love it. So freaking good. Yeah. All, <laughs> all of it. I mean, all of it, man. Like it's just so in line with a lot of the conversations that we have on here. So awesome. I want to, I want to just segue a little bit into, um, you know, into the book that you have coming out, claim your power, because I feel like, uh, obviously there's probably a, a big component of purpose in this. And I would love to just dive in and, and talk about a, a few pieces of that. So, um, can you give us a little bit more insight into, into sort of the, as you've put it, the nucleus of, of the book? Sure. So um, there's all of this talk, which I support, but like we're talking about exponential growth. We're talking about 10xing our business. We're talking about, you know, uh, greatness and all those things are really important, right? However, if you want to 10x your business, you have to 10x your healing. If you want to grow exponentially, you have to heal exponentially. And the greatest thing that you can do is uh, heal your old trauma and, and, and become a whole being. Like that's the greatest thing that you can do is face your own demons. And so I think that um, what Claim Your Power is, it's a really um, sort of an innovative and accelerated process to get really crystal clear on what your purpose is, what emotions that you want to feel, but then what's in the way. The conversation in personal development is primarily focused on achievement. Mm. And that's awesome, but it's kind of like, how should I put this? It's like setting a sail, wanting to discover the new country and you're Christopher Columbus, right? And you have everything packed. Everything's there. You have like the most biohacked ghee on store, on, on <laughs> butter. You're, you're good to go, right? Yeah. And like you're setting sail, but you're not leaving the harbor because your anchor's down, right? So it's like what, the, what, what I do is I help people figure out, well, what is the anchor that's holding you down so that you can accelerate your success? And so the Claim Your Power book helps you get really crystal clear on that. Um, and when you dissolve those uh, anchors, you know, you can accelerate way faster. Um, and the other thing I'll say is that like, if you've been through hurt or pain in your life, uh, your trauma or your pain really is a prerequisite for your purpose or for your startup or for your business. Um, so um, we also have to give some context that so we can see it in a new, in a new light. And, and the most important thing about the book and this process is it's taken me 10 years to, to create the, the framework. So it's really studied. Dave Asprey wrote the foreword. It's been endorsed by Aviva Ram, who's a medical doctor, Yale uh, integrative medicine, um, and you know, Ariana Huffington, Cal Newport, who wrote Deep Work, who's a, a professor at Georgetown. Um, so like it's been really endorsed by and recognized by people who are really great in different fields. Um, but it's quick. It doesn't have to be 10 years on a couch. Mm. It can be a quick process. It doesn't have to be forever. Um, the healing process takes time, but the identification of the actual root cause um, does not have to take forever. That's, mm. the, that's, the main, that's really the main function is to help us stop focusing on the symptoms and really get down to the root cause. Nice. Nice. I love it. So it sounds like the, the core of it, the sort of starting block really is being able to identify and start to look at and heal through some of the you know, past wounds that we've had in our life in order to perform at our best. Is that, is that That's about right? right? And, and yeah, absolutely. And also like when we start talking about this, it doesn't like mean that you have to like compete to be the most wounded person. Like maybe your wound was like for me, like I just never asked a girl out in high school. I was too scared. Right. Like that messed me up for a long period of time when it comes to girls because I just never got into the pattern of actually asking a girl. That's a miracle I have a girlfriend. Right? <laughs> but like, so, but the idea is like, it doesn't have to be this huge trauma. And even if it is, we can help you with that too. But there's usually stuff that's happened in the past. And let's be real. Like, you know, if you're in a relationship, you're creating little micro traumas every day. Um, and if you're in business, I mean, business and entrepreneurship essentially is sort of just resilience through trauma. It's like bringing meaning and context to that and not letting it stop you. You know, when you go to the gym and you, and you work out, 
the way that you grow muscle fiber is by ripping it apart. And it's literally called microtrauma, hmm. right? So um, you can find strength and resilience through this process if you're willing to do the work and be a real man and get in touch with your emotions. I love it. I love it. I, I love the challenge, especially in just like the calling out of you know, being able to tap into those deeper parts. So, Well, I mean, let me just be clear. You and I both know that we as men grow through challenge. So yes. if I'm sitting here, like, you know, not challenging, then there would be no call. It's like, if you want to be a real man, get in touch with your emotions. If you want to be a real man, get in touch with the emotional blocks that are holding you back so you can be a better man for your girl. You can be a better man for your business. You can be a better leader. Like, that's what it takes. It's not like mm. some airy-fairy thing. It's this very, very real stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I love it. And so once we've, once we've started to like tune in to those things that are, that are blocking us, how do we then find clarity? Because what I've seen is for a lot of men, they have something that's blocking them. And I love the fact that you touched on this idea that for a lot of people, they, they diminish or downplay their quote unquote trauma. Right. And they say, oh, I didn't have the divorce family. I didn't have the abuse that those people have. And so they really downplay the things that actually are blocking them. But once we've identified those pieces and we start to move forward, how do we actually start to step onto the path of purpose? And what, is, what does that look like? Sure. So that's a great question. And um, if you want to discover your purpose and step on the path, you've got to fall in love with not knowing shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. <laughs> So like your perfectionism is fucking up your purpose in your business for mm-hmm. sure. Right. So like when there's like a, uh, you know, you're, you know, um, how should I put this? Um, there's no, like there's a manual for helping you discover your purpose. Like it's called claim your power, but the discovery process just takes time. And I think that, you know, I've heard recently Mark Zuckerberg and Gary Vaynerchuk talk about this idea that like, you can't know what you don't know already. Like Zuckerberg was speaking at um, Harvard talking about, if I had to know everything that had to happen to make Facebook like connect the world before I got started, it would have never happened. Mm. Right. And Vaynerchuk talks a lot about this too, around like, you know, you can't start a business and try to figure out stuff that you don't already know. So I think the most important thing, and uh, I can make it official if you will, we can talk about if you want a framework for how to live in mystery. Okay. It's called scrum S C R U M. And it's called, it's an agile or lean startup approach that comes out of Silicon Valley and it's how Instagram was built. It's how Facebook is built. It's how like all the big start, Uber, where like you have what's called a minimum viable product and your minimum viable product is not your maximum viable product where it's the biggest expression of everything. It's literally like what's the smallest amount that I can do to create the most validated learning. So essentially think of it this way. What's my next step? Mm. Not the next hundred steps, not the next thousand steps. What's my literal next step? And what happens is when you start getting in the realm of purpose, especially if you're going from a job that you hate or you're in a business that's not aligned with your purpose, the next step is maybe not going to be clearly defined. And even if it is, you're probably going to feel like you're not moving fast enough. Hmm. But here's the deal. If you're moving quickly in a job that's sucking your soul or in a business that's not aligned with your purpose, you're moving quickly in the wrong direction. So I would much rather slowly go in the right direction (laughs) and feel like I'm not making enough progress, if you will, than go quickly in the wrong direction. So it's like if I'm headed north, but my direction is south, I don't want to go a thousand miles an hour north. I'd rather go two miles an hour south. And it starts slow and it starts to pick up speed. So it has to become a discovery process and it's always answered by what 
It's my next ground action step. You have to do what you can with what you have right where you are. Um, that's the most important thing. And it's a discovery process. And the other thing I'll say is it's really vital to have mentorship, to have to surround yourself with people who know the road ahead. So I've aggressively invested in masterminds and mentorships so that I can be around that. When I was first getting started, all I could afford was free videos on YouTube. But you got to fill your mind with podcasts like this and books like Claim Your Power and information so that you can you know, listen to the thoughts of people who are further around or further, further down the line than you are. But most importantly, you know, get in the room with those people because you know, success is more caught than taught. When you're around it, you pick it up. And when, when you're in the presence of it, you can feel it. And that's something that you don't get from you know, a digital interaction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's so true. And I, I mean, I love that you touched on the, the pieces of mentorship and masterminds. I mean, we, we have a huge organization of masterminds through man talks and it's a huge cornerstone. And it's actually how I got started was through yep. an unintentional, it was called, it was a book club, but it was actually a mastermind disguise as a book club. And it, I love was, it. it was one of the reasons why I got started. So I have everything to thank for that. Um, Amen. In, in terms of, in terms of, uh, you know, you touched on approval before inadvertently for men and, and you kind of talked about, you know, how we're all really seeking this sense of approval. How do you feel like approval gets in the way of us claiming our power, tapping into purpose and really having the fulfillment that we're looking for in success? Yeah. So I think, I mean, I can speak broadly. Um, and what I can say is that on a certain level, all of us are trying to make our dads proud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the person who was our father yeah. uh, proud. And I think that that's an important thing. But most fathers um, aren't looking through the lens of how can I really help my son figure out what makes him unique, support him in that uniqueness, and then celebrate him. Most of them are saying, do what I did mm. or do what I didn't, right? So like our map is what he wants us to do. And so a lot of times we can live our lives sort of trying to prove him wrong, trying to prove him right, whatever it might be, trying to get back at him. But something is associated with him versus what really lights me up. And what's interesting is that once people find their purpose, sort of the next thing that gets in their way is, well, I clearly need somebody's permission to do this. I can't just do it. Yeah. And the answer is, yes, you can. And um, if you need someone's approval, what I always recommend is imagine the person whose approval you think that you need, whether it's your father or God or whomever. And like write a letter from that person to you giving you permission. Now you might say, Mastin, but they don't give me permission. Okay, but write it from their higher self or write it from their, the, 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 un, the, the untraumatized parts of them or the, 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 the higher wisdom within them from them to you. And if they're passed on, you can still do that. There's a very liberating thing that happens when you do that because like one, I'm proud of you from dad can be worth a thousand therapy sessions. You know, like it's really powerful. The next thing I would do is write a letter to yourself and give yourself permission um, because ultimately you don't need anybody's permission. There's no board of approvals that says you are hereby allowed to live your purpose, you know, but we, it's sort of a, it's sort of a rite of passage that we have to go through. So I think that that's a, a really big deal as it comes to relationships. Um, you know, I, I, my audience is primarily 97% women. And so I have a, a lot of data with women and I always ask my audiences like, Hey, ladies who here um, would like a man to make a decision? Every fucking hand goes straight up. Like, yeah. I just want and then the next question is, who here would be the first person to make him wrong for making that decision? And all the hands stay up, of course. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's like, it's like you got to be decisive in your relationships and know where you're going, right? Um, because if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to produce a sense of safety and certainty for her, um, whether or not she agrees. Because 
She wants to be number one, but not really. She wants to want to be number one. But if you're not on your purpose, she won't feel safe. Mm. Right? So like whether or not she approves, you've got to put your purpose ahead of your relationship and recognize that your purpose, your relationship is an extension of your purpose, but you got to be on your mission on point first, whether or not she agrees. Yeah. I, I really, I really respect that because I think that uh, a, probably most men that were listening into this were like, uh-huh, yeah, they're nodding their head. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, they're laughing along with us right totally. now. Because um, that's just so, <laughs> it's so relatable. Um, and what I really hear in there is, is that it takes courage. You know, yeah. it, it takes dedication. And, and I think for a lot of men, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the core values or traits that, that is undervalued and is almost like a lost art. You know, because we start going down this path and somebody that we really love and appreciate and care about, you know, gives us a little bit of flack or, you know, negative feedback and all of a sudden we waver. So do you have any insight into sort of cultivating a deeper level of courage and how we go about doing that? Because I I know that it's a, it's a part of, it's a part of what you've talked about in the past in terms of uh, creating a deeper sense of courage. So can you touch on that for us? For sure. Um, so if you look at like what men typically value the most, right? What will we kill for? It's freedom, mm-hmm. right? So like that's the name of the game, right? So like you have to be courageous in order to create freedom in your life. It's not just going to happen upon you, right? So like if you look at like any story ever told, right? There's that moment where like the crowd or the army or whatever is doubting and some courageous leader comes up and kind of rallies the troops and gets them into battle. Right. Mm. So like the famous Braveheart quote, you know, freedom, like that whole thing. Right. <laughs> so like, like that's what you got to do, but you got to be willing to slay the dragon. You got to be willing to like go to battle and not battle like physical abuse or battle necessarily like war, though those, you know, war is something that um, is a reality today. It's really the battle with your own internal demons and the battle with your own fears as it relates to the goals that you want to create. So like courage, if you break down the etymology of courage, core comes from the French word heart. So courage is really wisdom of the heart. So it's, if you look at um, any great story ever told, you know, whether it's Rocky, whether it's, you know, whoever, right? Something about like he has heart. Like, that, that's, a, that's a common theme. It's like wisdom in the heart leads you to freedom, but it requires courage because the brain's going to say no fucking way, right? I'm not going to do that for all of these reasons. So it's really, and Joseph Campbell has a great quote about this. He says, the whole purpose of the hero's journey is for the heart to usher the mind into the zone of revelation. So what this means is when you submit to the wisdom of your heart and you have that sort of heart-centered courage, it will literally blow your mind. Literally, but it's going to feel like you're going to die. That's how it will feel. And so we have a very powerful mantra that we use to help people overcome the fear of dying. And it's basically this fuck it. That's it. Right? <laughs> I'm scared to start my business. What should I do? Fuck it. I'm scared to, you know, put my purpose first. My girl's gonna freak out. What should I do? Fuck it. I'm scared to go on this weight loss journey because the guy people at the gym are gonna think I'm overweight. What should I do? Fuck it. That's the number one literally, that is the mantra that will get you free. I love it. I love it. There's like a good pause there too, just for like a little bit of a mic drop. Although we are, you know, you're wearing your mic, so it's kind of hard to drop that bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, in, in terms of what I hear is really important in, in this, you know, this, this fucking idea and this courage is just about taking relentless action. How do we, how do we sort of distinguish 
that we're taking the right action because I sure. feel like there are a lot of people just sort of taking the spray and pray approach, you know, the shotgun approach where they're just taking action for the sake of action and they're always moving in a hundred different directions. So sure. for, the, for the people that are out there listening that are that mindset, um, can you touch on that? Yeah. So I wouldn't call that action. I call that busyness. Mm. Um, it's distraction. It's distracted action, right? So it's like, I'm so distracted. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my priorities are. So I'm going to buy all these online courses and never take them. I'm going to read all these books and never take action on it. I'm going to buy all these fucking supplements and never take them. I'm going to buy the gym membership and never go, right? Like this is kind of like well, kind of what you're talking about. Or I'm going to see what you know Gary Vaynerchuk is doing and do the same thing. So like that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is getting really in rapport with – what are the emotions that you want to feel? How have you been consuming them from the world? What would your life look like in every area of your life if you were to generate those emotions? What would have to happen? What boundaries would you have to set? Uh, what new action would you have to take? But primarily, you want to look at three things. I call it the CIA, right? Courageous, imperfect action. So courageous means I feel like I'm going to die. Imperfect means it's really fucking messy. And action means you're actually fucking doing it and you're not talking about it. So if you're scared shitless, you're doing it in a really messy way and you're actually taking action, that's pretty much how you know that you're taking the right action. Um, if you're you know, overwhelmed and if you're distracted and if you're just sort of in information overload, you're sort of just a hamster on a hamster wheel, right? So you might be uh, expending energy, but there's no real progress. So that, and that would be the last thing that you want to look at is like, what type of progress am I making? And it doesn't have to be quantum leap progress. It can be one step forward, mm. right? So if it's terrifying, if it's messy, and you're actually doing it and you're making progress, then you're in the right direction. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it because, I, and I feel as though there's a good caveat to insert here uh, about motivation, right? Because do you feel like we can be motivated to go and do the things that we're like terrified about? I feel like people are looking for this like deep motivation to go and do these things, but sometimes, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to necessarily be motivated by it. Is that, is that been your experience around this? Yeah, I would call that a, um, how should I put this? <laughs> um, I would call that a, um, arrogant problem. Mm. And what I mean by that is this. Um, if you think that you have to be inspired or motivated before you do shit, you are way too privileged. <laughs> like you, are, you are way too privileged. I have to be inspired before I do stuff. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Right? Like, bust your ass and get busy. Like, nobody, Richard Branson never said that. Right? Like, Peter Goober never said that. Tony Robbins never said that. They busted their ass. You, you have to earn that shit. And the other thing is, motivation and inspiration comes after you take action. Yeah. Right now, one caveat is if you really look at the science of motivation, there's a few things that produce motivation. Number one is uh, healthy uh, neurotransmitter balances, right? So if you have low serotonin, low dopamine, that type of stuff, then you obviously need some either gut health or brain health. And I would highly recommend um, looking at uh, Viome, V-I-O-M-E dot com. It's like the most next level gut analysis uh, startup that's out right now from Naveen Jain. Mm. Um, they partnered with the NSA and because the NSA, long little tangent, the NSA did a lot of research on what would happen if there was bioterrorism, what should we do? And they found that the most important thing for them to focus on is the actually the human gut because uh, that's where like most of our uh, resilience would be to fighting off disease. So they did, they spent like tens of millions of dollars researching the guts and Naveen partnered with them to use their technology to help 
uh, bring a consumer product, product to market called Viome, V-I-O-M-E. You can get like, things like 99 bucks. You get this whole next level. It's like 23 and me for your gut. It's like the Note, Note Quest. None of these lab core companies can go even touch this stuff. So highly recommend getting your gut looked at. Also highly recommend going to see Dr. Daniel Amen, getting a spec scan so that you can see what's going on in the brain. So let's assume that you have like high levels of all the great neurotransmitters and that's all working well. Then motivation is really a function of difficulty. So um, a friend of mine, uh, Professor BJ Fogg, he's from Stanford. He has a behavioral uh, class that's very difficult to get into. And like he's had like the founders of Instagram go through there, some of the uh, early hires at Facebook go through there to study behavior. And what they found was if there's a task is highly complicated to perform, it requires high level of sustained motivation to make it happen. If tasks are simple to do, it, you can have low levels of motivation and still complete the tasks. So one way to sustain motivation long-term, assuming that you have correct mental health and your gut is working, okay, is that you want to break down your big 10x goals into tiny micro doses of next action steps that are easy to achieve. Because sometimes what happens is we set goals that are so freaking big that we never actually start to make them happen because we get overwhelmed by it. It requires long-term motivation to stay motivated, which is almost impossible to sustain, especially by yourself. Um, and so if you break it down into tiny chunks and can start to celebrate small little tiny wins, that will start to prime the pump of motivation long-term. So it's way easier to do 100 simple things than like one really difficult thing, if that makes any sense. That makes total sense. And I, and I love that you have the, the tactical part of it, you know, cause I think so many times people go from the, the perspective of motivation from this very like rah, rah, esoteric, you know, ethereal uh, perspective. And I love that you are like a spiritual gangster who just broke down <laughs> motivation from like a scientific way. Awesome. But serious, seriously, man, respect. It's, it's, awesome. it's huge. Um, so just because we are getting close to running out of time, sure. is there anything that we missed about claiming your, claiming your power, uncovering your purpose that you feel is really important for people to, to know that I, that I may have missed in terms of questions? I think we covered it, man. You did a great job. Um, I, I'll just sort of reiterate that, you know, if you want to go to the next level, it's really about finding your purpose hmm. because when you find your purpose, that's when everything gets better. It's when you become a better man for your girl. It's when your business goes to the next level. It's when your earning potential goes to the next level. It's when you really step into like an epic life. And, you know, anyone that you're looking up to, whether it's a Branson, Elon Musk, Tony Robbins, uh, anybody, right? You know, uh, Iron Man, whatever, right? Like all of them are driven by a higher sense of purpose. And so I think that like figuring that out is the most important thing that you, the work that you will do. And don't let anything get in the way of that. And even if, you know, uh, I'll speak to relationships real quick. Let's just say that you've tried a hundred times to like make something happen and your girl just believes this last time it's not going to happen, right? Like you just, she's, she's not supporting you. Like honor that in her and recognize that you've actually not shown up and not done the work and that that's a valid concern and then bust your ass to find your purpose, get a mentor and make it last and take it fucking seriously. Don't mm -hmm. fuck around. Yeah. So good. So good, man. So the book is coming out September 12th, I believe, yes, right? Yes, sir. That's right. awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, and people can go to claimyourpowerbook.com and pre-orders are ready to roll. That's right. And uh, when you grab a copy of the book, um, I have put together a, it's a 40 day process. So I've put together sort of a, a complimentary 40 day coaching process so that you can go through it with me. So one of the most important things is that a lot of times people get, grab a book uh, and, or a course or whatever, and actually never read it. 
right? So like, don't be that person. <laughs> and I want to help you implement because I put together a 40 day sort of like a coaching process to help you go through that as well so that you can have some encouragement along the way too. Awesome, brother. Well, I appreciate it. And I appreciate your time today. That was a killer, killer interview. Thank you so much for everybody else out there listening in Mantox land. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to go to mantox.com for other blog posts, podcasts, and videos from our live events. Uh, recently, we've been giving away a bunch of books from, from authors that we've been bringing on the podcast, and we want to keep in line with that. So Mastin has agreed to give away one of his books, one of his new books called Claim Your Power. And the cool thing is, is that the winner of this contest will get to receive his book before it's even live to the general public, which is absolutely freaking awesome. So we're going to be doing more of this in the future. Uh, so if you want to try and win a copy of his book, all you need to do is apply. Uh, the contest will be running from August 14th to September 12th. Uh, so all you need to do is click the link in the show notes uh, to enter the contest and make sure you follow Man Talks on Facebook and Instagram uh, and feel free to sign up for the newsletter so you can stay appraised of future contests. I hope you win. Connor Beaton signing off. <laughs>